You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Ladies and gentlemen, the entourage has settled in in the living room and resting as they wait for their superior. And here he is, Dr. History. Good morning. Good morning, Zab. How you doing? I'm good, Peachy. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> what is going on in your world? Got a little sore throat this morning, well, huh? Well, just a little hoarse, you know. I uh, like to... That's a little pony. Add a little variety to my voice, you know. Okay, kind of gives you that uh, Clark Gable yeah, sound. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know. I look a lot like him, too, you know. Uh-huh. I can okay. walk without crutches, too. <laughs> <laughs> There's the cough. I tell you what, tip the mic up just... Okay, there you go, how's perfect. that? You're, you're rolling. What uh, are we going to talk about today? Okay, Zeb, got a question for you. I've got the answer. There's a... Special hideout that was famous uh, for certain two famous outlaws, and where was that place? Hole in the wall. Exactly. Butch Cassidy, Sundance Kid. And we're going to talk about, not so much about them, we're going to talk about the hole in the wall and some of the other guys that were that hid out there, too. You know, logistically and geographically, it wasn't that far from here. No, and, you know, it's, it's kind of in the middle of Wyoming. Kind of, but you know what? I I found a little discrepancy there. There are some. One source said it was in Colorado. No, and it's uh, everything no. I've read. It was in kind of the northern part of Wyoming. I heard mostly that the hole in the wall was supposed to be in the northwestern portion. Right, and because there are stories of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid uh, coming up from Utah and going up into Wyoming to the hole in the right. wall. Right, and that's now, where did you hear Colorado? Well, I just uh, you know. I do research, and uh, anyway, maybe they want it as a tourist attraction. Uh, maybe, but oh. the, you know, I everything else points to Wyoming. Okay, so, but anyway, uh, in fact, uh, the hole in wall is located in what they call the Bighorn Mountains of Johnson County in northern Wyoming. They yeah. had a lot of trouble in Johnson they County. Did. But the site was used in the late 19th century by the Hole in the Wall gang and a group of cattle rustlers and other outlaws, which included Kid Curry, Black Jack Ketchum, and, of course, Butch Cassidy's Wild Bunch. Wasn't uh, Black Jack Ketchum originally from our state of Idaho? Didn't you tell me that I one told time? a story about him a yeah. long time ago. But he was I, a stage robber. He, was a, he got hung. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he had an uneventful happening he until did. then. Yes. But anyway, so the Hole in the Wall... Uh, uh, is actually uh, they've uh, it's in the middle of Wyoming, and they've actually moved an old cabin that was built there into Cody, Wyoming. Now Cody's where they have that big Buffalo Bill Museum. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but anyway, this area was great. It was remote. It was secluded. It was easily defended because of its narrow passes and impossible for lawmen to approach without alerting the outlaws. So, from the late 1860s to around 1910, the pass was used frequently by a whole bunch of outlaw gangs, not just not just the Wild Bunch. Did other people know that that location was there? Yeah, I think they did, because the uh, the law wouldn't go in there. 
They wouldn't go no. in. No. Oh. But uh, like I said, uh, there were a number of outlaw gangs. But eventually it kind of faded into history with gangs using it less frequently. And But at its height, it featured several cabins. Uh, the gangs used to, to go and actually spend the winter there. They actually had cabins to live really? in during the winter. Wow. They had a livery stable, a corral, a livestock. They had supplies. Kind of like a ski resort. Yeah. And each gang contributing to the upkeep of the site. Holy so they kind of had this organization sort of. So they, if they didn't pay their dues, they, they had to go rob a bank. They were out. Oh, okay. <laughs> but the Hole in the Wall gang was not simply one large organized gang of outlaws, but rather was made up of several separate gangs all operating out of the Hole in the Wall. I'll be darned. Okay. They used it as their base of operations, but the gangs formed what we would call a coalition, Okay, each planning and carrying out its own robberies with very little interaction with the other gangs. So you got these separate entities. They're all staying in the same area, but yeah. they kind of do their own thing. Okay. Oh, so in other words, uh, if you and I were in a gang, we'd plan to rob a bank and we'd tell the other ones to leave our bank alone. Yeah, we'd say, I guess we might do that, you know. Oh. But at times, members of one gang would ride along with other gangs. But usually, each gang kind of operated separately, meeting up only when they were each at the hideout at the same time. Oh, so man. they'd be gone and then back and gone and back. So. Hmm. But several posses trailed outlaws to the location, and there were several shootouts as the posses attempted to enter, but all resulting in the posses being beaten. They never could get in there and get them. They had to withdraw. And no lawmen ever successfully entered into the capture of the outlaws. During more than 50 years of active existence, uh, nor were any lawmen attempting to infiltrate it by use of undercover techniques. So nobody tried to pretend like they were an outlaw, and try to sneak in. Well, this geographically must have been a tough road to hoe to get in one way. I mean, is that the only way? You know, I, saw, I looked it up on the, on the Internet, and yeah. uh, it doesn't look that difficult. I oh. mean, it's, uh, in fact, there's a ranch right there now that I saw a picture of, and it doesn't look like it would be that hard to get in there. I'll I be. mean, uh, you know what? Let's do some study on that. Okay. And we next week we'll hold the picture up to the camera. Okay. But anyway, the encampment operated with a steady stream of outlaw gangs going in and out from the late 1860s to the early 20th century. But by 1910, there were very few outlaws using it, and it eventually faded into history. Hmm. And as I mentioned, one of the cabins used by Butch Cassidy still exists, and that's the one that they've moved into Cody, Wyoming. I didn't know that. So. But let's just go through. I'm gonna. I've got a list of some of the outlaws. Okay, the bad guys. The outlaws that were okay. in there. So, um, but this. Let me give you this description of it, uh, and this might help a little better to understand why it was okay. easily. All right. Um, you know, uh, this hole in the wall was seem, seemingly was an impenetrable fortress of towering cliffs, deep gorges, and mountain retreats. And there was this was the hideout of the last great outlaw bands, the Wild Bunch, and those who belonged to the infamous band. They knew the path to get into the hideout. Yeah, but. Again, when I looked at it on the map, it did not look that difficult to get in there. How big an area was it? To me, it was a large area because uh, the picture I looked at on the Internet had a ranch with corrals and uh, buildings and outbuildings and one thing or another. So uh, I'm going to see if I can find more pictures okay. to get a little better All idea. Right. Yeah. But anyway, the hundreds of members of the Wild Bunch were put up, were part of kind of a loose group of mostly cowboys who turned to outlaw following the disaster 
disastrous blizzards of 1888. Mm -hmm. After the blizzards drastically reduced the great herds of cattle in the West and caused the collapse of thousands of small ranches, a lot of the owners and their hands turned to whatever they had to do to survive. Well, that was crime, rustling cattle, robbing banks. uh, You know, uh, a lot of them turned into crime. And they would drift into the hole in the wall when the great posses were after them. uh, and that was their refuge. But they lived in huts and small cabins uh, built on this kind of a small plateau. The Wild Bunch members worked together, or uh, sometimes they would go alone, and again, occasionally joining larger bands of outlaws. But the most notorious Wild Bunch members were the McCarty brothers, George Flatnose Curry. Flatnose. Flatnose Curry, Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid, Ben, the tall Texan Kilpatrick. Mm. Harry Logan, William Carver, Ellsworth Lay, O.C. Hanks, Harry Tracy. Some of those I don't recognize, but but there now, were... they did a movie on Harry Tracy. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Bruce Dern starred in that movie. Oh, he would have been good at that. Yeah, yeah. And I saw that just recently on the Cowboy Channel. Yeah. So anyway, you know, this was famous members that continued to uh, come back to the hole in the wall. But uh, beyond the superstar band, it's the most notable of many outlaws who rode in and out. Uh, of the hole in wall for 20 years was classified as members of the Wild Bunch. Did they have armed guards at the entrance? You know, I'm only going to assume they probably did. I would think they would have to have uh, lookouts. So let me go through some of these guys, okay, okay, and their stories. All right. First guy is a guy by the name of Dave Atkins, okay? He was a ranch hand who turned to train robbery and murder while in his mid-20s. He was fast on the draw, but backed down twice from pulling his gun on the Sundance Kid. Uh, on one occasion, Atkins made fun of the kid because of his preference for Ralston's cereal food. Now, you, you don't make fun of the Sundance kid, all right? Is that right? No. I because didn't read that. Sundance finished his bowl of cereal, stood up, and gave a speech about the healthy properties of this Ralston cereal. And they still make it today. He then invited Atkins... To uh, while resting his hands on his two holstered six guns, to have a seat and have a bowl of cereal. Ah. Oh. Uh, Atkins reluctantly sat down, ate some of the cereal, and enjoyed it. And quickly agreed with the kid that it was the best tasting food he'd ever eaten. Really? Well, you know, here's the Sundance kid standing there with his hand on two pistols. Yeah. I think he'd eat pretty much whatever he. Th- and- I bet he asked for seconds. He may have done. <laughs> All right, our next guy's a guy by the name of Jack Bennett. He was a freight man who brought the Wild Bunch supplies to the hole in wall and occasionally rode with some of its members uh, in various holdups. And in March of 1898, a posse caught Bennett and lynched him from the crossbars of a Wyoming ranch. Oh, man. That was the end of him. Yeah. Here's the next guy, Sam, Laughing Sam Carey. Laughing Sam. Laughing Sam. And he received his ironic name because he never smiled and displayed a mean streak that was often lethal. Uh, Carey, one of the first to use Hole in the Wall as a hideout, began robbing trains and banks in the late 1880s with some guys called the Taylor Brothers. Well, Carey operated throughout Wyoming, Montana, South Dakota, just to wherever he wanted to go. But Carey's gang was shot to pieces by citizens in Spearfish, South Dakota. Oh, my. He alone survived riding back to the hole in the wall where another Wild Bunch member pried three bullets out of his body. Three. Three bullets out of his body. He rested for a week, then rode out to rob another bank. 
Tough bird. Now, I'm not sure what kind of uh, surgical instruments they used to pull those bullets out, but I don't think it was uh, probably Ooh, sterile. A week later? Yeah, then he rode off. Wow. So here's another guy, a guy by the name of Joseph Chancellor, born in Texas, made his reputation as a gunfighter in Oklahoma. He was caught rustling cattle and was sent to the penitentiary in Santa Fe. He was released. The 37-year-old Chancellor drifted into Hole in the Wall about 1904, and he was so addicted to cigarettes that his fingers were completely stained yellow, and he got up several times each night to smoke a dozen or so cigarettes before going back to sleep. A dozen? (laughs) Now, you got to be, that's a pretty good addiction. I would say he had a nicotine addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next guy. His name was William Cruzon. 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 He was 33 in 1901 when he arrived at the Hole in the Wall after serving several years in prison for rustling and robbery. But he preferred to commit robberies alone and was shot to death in 1905 while trying to rob a train by himself. How do you go about robbing a train by yourself? (laughs) And number one, how do you stop the train? Uh, Well, you know, I don't think, I don't know, you wouldn't lay in the middle of the tracks. You you? you and I have talked about this in the past. The dumbest movies in the world are Western movies where one guy gets his horse on the tracks and goes stop stop yeah okay so our next guy frank pegleg elliot now you're making fun of me <laughs> was 21 <laughs> when he reached hole in the wall okay and he met a guy by the name of robert eldridge another cowboy turned horse thief and cattle thief well these two rode out to rob a train in 1891 they were trapped by a posse and shot to death Oh, so the, they didn't have a good career. So the hole in the wall is not doing real good no, success. Losing a lot of population. Yeah, they are. Well, okay, here's another guy. Sweet Johnson, a pathological murderer, rode into the hole in the wall in 1898. Uh, Willie Strang was a young 17-year-old boy who was kind of a, uh, I don't know, kind of a strange little duck. But anyway, as a little joke, duck? well, little guy, you know, kind of anyway, but he thought it'd be funny to dump a pitcher of water on Johnson. Uh Oh, Johnson went crazy, emptied his six gun into this little 17 year old, killed him. Wow. But for his murder, Johnson was actually tracked down and sent to the Wyoming state prison. So somehow the word got out and somehow they were able to get yeah. him when he was out of the hole in the wall. Wow. Now, here's another guy, Bob Lee. He was a cousin of Harvey Logan, was one of the first outlaws to ride into the hole in wall. He later brought the Logans, and Harvey Logan became one of the most feared members of the Wild Bunch and its worst uh, six-gun killer. And Lee participated in several robberies and was later sent to prison. So, again, the longevity of these guys wasn't great. Some of those guys had a really short fuse. They did. They did. Now, uh, another guy by the name of Jesse Lindsay. He was a horse thief, ex-convict. He rode into the hole in the wall about 1899. He committed some minor robberies, but he did not have the stomach for the kind of train robberies committed by Butch Cassidy and the others. What did they do that was so upsetting to him? Especially since they used dynamite (laughs) to blow open the locked open express cars. And this guy just basically vanished in 1901. So I don't know what happened to him. Next guy is a guy named James Lowe. 32-year-old train robbery when he arrived in the hole in the wall. He led a bunch of raids against trains and banks and was killed by lawmen. No kidding. Next guy, Tom O'Day, a hard-case cowboy from Wyoming, joined the Wild Bunch in 1899, participated in several bank robberies. Occasionally, he actually rode with Butch Cassidy, but usually he operated as a lone outlaw, which... 
you'll like this, Zeb. Uh, it pleased the other members of the Wild Bunch uh, because O'Day seldom bathed and reportedly, quote, smelled like a skunk most of the time. <laughs> so, you know, there were standards even back then uh, of cleanliness yeah, of some kind. Among thieves. Yeah, but anyway, O'Day attempted to rob the bank in Casper, Wyoming, was arrested and sent to prison, which I wouldn't have wanted to be the cellmate of him. Ooh. Anyway, Okay, the next guy, a guy by the name of Will Roberts. Uh, he was a cowboy turned gunman and outlaw, and he used the alias n- name of Dixon. And he robbed a bunch of banks and trains before he was captured, sent to prison. And he was one of the last important members of the Wild Bunch, uh, which pretty much was done by eight or by 1910. Really, the Wild Bunch. You was, realize that's only a few years before you were I, born, I, and, and more less for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next guy, his name was Matt Warner, one of the original inhabitants of the Hole in the Wall. I see. He participated in several holdups, but retired early from being an outlaw. However, he maintained a sort of actually sort of a general store and hotel in the hole in the wall. No. He sold supplies to the outlaws, offering them the necessities. He later wrote a fine account of a book called The Wild Bunch and uh, telling about, but he he made a business of catering to the outlaws. Did he make all of his money to buy and have that hotel through bank robberies? I I don't know. It it says he retired early, so he must have had some money. Crime pays. Yeah, so but, you know, at this point, little remains of the old hole-in-the-wall hideout used by the wild bunch, except uh, there's a few skeletal remains of the few cabins or shacks. You know, really? little is left to prove that the worst criminals in the U.S. ever inhabited this barren, mountainous area. And when they were present, however, no lawman or posse dared to enter the hole-in-the-wall. Uh, the peace officers of the day estimated that as many as 100 to 200 outlaws were hidden in this recesses of the hole-in-the-wall. And basically is an army of ruthless killers. And you can imagine, there's no sheriff or anybody that's going to want to even go in there. Okay, the okay. Now, you know what I'm going to ask. You know, you figured it out. <laughs> How did they know who was a lawman or not? That's a great question. That's why I asked and, you, Dr. But, but, History. But I, uh, early in the story, I told you nobody dared pretend to be an outlaw and go in there. Oh. Because, obviously, if they found out somehow... and. You know how it was back then. Somebody might write in there and say, oh, yeah, I know that guy. He was a sheriff over in uh, uh, somewhere. And that might not be good for the supper table. No, no. He may not be sitting down. Yeah. He may be laying down. Yeah, horizontal. Yeah. But, of course, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, I mean. They uh, weren't that bad of people, though, were they? You know, they really weren't. And, uh, you know, I. It's been a long time since I've done a story on either one of them. I might have to yeah. pull them out of the archives and do a story on just yeah. those two guys. But you know, Butch Cassidy's real name was Harry, Lo- Harry Lombaugh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and what was? No, wait a minute. No, the Sungans kid was Harry. Lombaugh. That's right. That's right. And I've got it right here. Uh, Butch Cassidy was Leroy Parker. Leroy Parker. Yes. Yes. How I could forget. But let me just show you. If I can find it again, their pictures. The pictures. Yeah, well, this yeah. this is the pictures of some of the outlaws that oh, we talked about. Oh man, some of those dudes look a little rough and tough. Yeah. 
Now, there's one guy, uh, go from the top left down and over one. He's got a mustache over there. You see, he looks like uh, some of those Hollywood actors. Ben Kilpatrick. Ben Kilpatrick. You know, some of these guys were good-looking guys. I mean, yeah. you Well, now, wait a minute. It may be to you, not me. <laughs> well, you know, of course, Butch Cassidy was, uh, well, Paul Newman, right? They were common-looking guys. Were, I mean, yeah. they didn't look like, you know, they were going to have a dastardly deed. Right. I mean... There's some guys, you look at them and think, that guy is bad news. There's a couple in there that look there, a little there rough. There are, yeah. yeah. This Tom O'Day, he looks rough. Of course, um, we saw a picture of you the other day, too. And I just look as honest as it, the day is yep, long. Yep, yep, that's true. <laughs> but, you know, really, uh, the outlaws, what did they have or own? I mean, when they got all done with train robberies and stagecoach robberies and bank robberies, did they ever have anything? You know... Most of them uh, did exactly what all of them did. Spend it. They go into town. They have a great time. They blow it all. Then they're out of money. Then yeah. they got to go rob another bank. Things never change. And uh, yeah, so you know they all eventually met a demise that was not real good. When you were reading this book, did you? What did you learn mostly about bad guys? That there's a lot. There was a lot of them out there that nobody ever heard about, or and knew they were about. kind of forced into it because they had nowhere else to go. Right. They they uh, and there's a lot of not a lot, but a number of uh, uh, law people that turned to be an outlaws. So really, a few. And and yeah. on the other hand, there's some that turned to be lawmen that had been outlaws. Well, they sure were knew where to go. They did. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm fascinated with these guys, which I don't think are much different than today. The people that think yeah. they can get away yeah. with robbing a store, robbing a bank. Yeah. The you mindset. Know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, a new era uh, of the same kind of guys. I'm going to keep with my that eye mentality. on you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting about what they were and where they came from. And everything. Yeah. yeah, a lot of them just started out as cow, cowboys. Just, mostly their ages were what? Probably in their mid-30s? Yeah, I, I don't believe there were any of them that were more than about. They didn't live long. Uh, one guy was 32, another wow. guy was 20-something. Really? Well, there was a 37-year-old, but yeah. I don't think any over 40. Yeah, then they saw the light. They saw one the light. One way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> the... Oh, I enjoyed that. Hey, Dr. Look at this what's book the name of that book? i got to get that. Encyclopedia of Western Lawmen and Outlaws. That is a with Billy the Kid on the cover. You know, it's got a, I can look up almost any outlaw or lawman in this book. Big thick book. How about, and, how about some of my old neighbors back in Wisconsin? Well, uh, <laughs> weren't some of your were some of your uh, relatives or neighbors? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks for coming on. You again. bet. You did a great. I always enjoy having you on this. Well, program. thanks, Deb. It's Thank fun. You. It it's is fun. fun. Well, okay. Uh, saddle up your horse and go rob a train, and stand in the tracks and yell, "Stop!" The only thing we'd get now is a load of corn or <laughs> there beans. You go. <laughs> thanks for being here. You bet. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.